March 25th. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today will come from the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 39. And we'll read through chapter 7, verse 10. We'll be reading about true values. In his ordination sermon for the apostles, Jesus emphasized the true spiritual values of life in contrast to the false values of the Pharisees. Comfortable living is not always Christian living. We'll read about true love here in this chapter. Yes, God's people have their enemies, no doubt, even as Jesus did. And we must be Christ-like in the way we treat them. We must be giving and forgiving. And we must pray for them. Not that God would destroy them, but that He would change them. The best way to conquer an enemy is to make him a friend. Keep your heart right with God, and the Lord will produce the good fruit in your life. We'll also be reading about true obedience here in uh, the book of Luke. True obedience is not just words, but deeds. It causes us to act on what we believe and what we're obeying. It involves hearing the word and doing it. You know, Judas, he was with Jesus just like the rest of the disciples every day for three years. He walked with the Lord. He talked with the Lord. He sat under his teaching. He witnessed the miracles. Judas knew Jesus intimately and yet betrayed him. It's amazing, I know. Judas knew the vocabulary, but he did not do the will of God. And when the storm came... His house fell. In Luke chapter 7, we'll see that he did not deserve it. I am not worthy was the centurion's confession of humility. And his confession of faith was, Say the word. See, that was his great faith at work there. And Jesus was astonished at the faith of this Roman centurion. He said, You just say the word, Lord, and I know my servant will be healed. It's great faith when we trust Christ to work just by speaking the word. We can never deserve His blessings, but we can ask for them in faith. True rest is Christ's invitation to come to Him for rest. The sinful woman had heard that invitation and had come to Christ, and she found rest. She was ashamed of her past, but she was not ashamed of her Savior or of her tears. And now let's begin our reading today, here in the New Testament. March 25th, Luke chapter 6, verse 39 through chapter 7, verse 10. Then Jesus gave the following illustration. What good is it for one blind person to lead another? The first one will fall into a ditch and pull the other down also. A student is not greater than the teacher, but the student who works hard will become like the teacher. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying, Friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite! First, get rid of the log from your own eye, then perhaps you'll see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by the kind of fruit it produces. Figs never grow on thorn bushes or grapes on bramble bushes. A good person produces good deeds from a good heart, 
and an evil person produces evil deeds from an evil heart. Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. So why do you call me Lord when you won't obey me? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then obeys me. It is like a person who builds a house on a strong foundation laid upon the underlying rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who listens and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will crumble into a heap of ruins. When Jesus had finished saying all this, he went back to Capernaum. Now the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish leaders to ask him to come and heal his slave. So they earnestly begged Jesus to come with them and help the man. If anyone deserves your help, it is he, they said, for he loves the Jews and even built a synagogue for us. So Jesus went with them. But just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I am not worthy of such an honor. I am not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know because I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, Go, and they go, or Come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, Do this or that, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd, he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all the land of Israel. And when the officer's friends returned to his house, they found the slave completely healed. Psalm 68, verses 1 through 18. This victory psalm celebrated how God blew the enemy away like smoke and melted them like wax. It pictures three triumphal processions. Number one, the victorious nation. Great victories were nothing new to Israel, for God had been with them from the beginning. He had delivered them from Egypt and led them through the wilderness into the promised land. He gave them Mount Zion and dwelt with them there. What a history of victory. Have you reviewed lately all that God has done for you? We'll be reading here about the victorious Savior. Paul, the apostle, quoted verse 18 in Ephesians 4, 8 and applied it to the ascension of Jesus Christ. Believers today are part of a spiritual army marching in a triumphal procession and claiming their inheritance. They are seated with Christ in the heavenlies, using their spiritual gifts to serve Him on earth. What a victory! Psalm chapter 16. Hello. My name is Jonathan Dwayne Tackett. I was born in Kentucky, moved to Columbus, uh, Ohio when I was real young, five, six. Uh, you know, I I came to the refuge because I'm addicted to heroin, meth, and crack. Uh, I definitely hit a ball, ball out of the park with this one. And, uh, you know, I was doing a lot of bad things. I was out 
robbing people, robbing stores and everything just to get what I wanted. And uh, it's been going on since the early age of 13. I was uh, out running the streets, you know, no parenting. My mom was too busy getting drunk or something, you know. And uh, I just, uh, I look back and wish I did have some stability. Maybe I'd be in a little bit of a better spot. But I don't think I can be in any better of a spot. The refuge is such a wonderful place here. Good, good loving people, good, good job people here. And uh, I'm so happy that my brother came through here, finished this uh, ministry. He's, he's living a good life now and he's, he's, on, he's on a straight and narrow path. And that, that really opened my eyes. It's like, if he can do it, I can do it. And, uh, you know, I, I see myself actually selling and not having to run the streets to make my money anymore. But I can go work a normal job and make the same amount of money. And that's something I'm looking forward to from the refuge. So, thank you for listening to me. Y'all have a wonderful day. God bless. If all the birds need is Jesus, then all you need is Jesus. Why do you worry about your life? You cannot add a single hour to your life when you worry. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Why do you worry about your body, what you will eat or drink or what you will wear? Look at the flowers of the field. They do not labor or spin to grow. They are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow. Are you not much more valuable than they? You say to yourself, I am afflicted and in pain. The storms of this life have tossed me to and fro. The winds beat against my house. The waves of death swirl around me and you begin to worry. You say, will the Lord reject me forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? And you continue to worry. Look at the birds. Look at the birds of the air. They do not worry. So why do you worry? Your heavenly Father takes care of them. And he will take care of you. He is your shepherd. He makes you lie down in green pastures. He leads you besides quiet waters and He restores your soul. When you are weak, He gives you strength. When you are hurting, He comforts you. When you are confused, He lights your path. So do not worry about your life. Look at the birds of the air. Your heavenly Father takes care of them. So if all the birds need is Jesus, then all we need is Jesus. So if all the birds need is Jesus, then all you need is Jesus.
68, verses 1 through 18. For the choir director, a psalm of David, a song. Arise, O God, and scatter your enemies. Let those who hate God run for their lives. Drive them off like smoke blown by the wind. Melt them like wax in fire. Let the wicked perish in the presence of God. But let the godly rejoice. Let them be glad in God's presence. Let them be filled with joy. Sing praises to God and to His name. Sing loud praises to Him who rides the clouds. His name is the Lord. Rejoice in His presence. Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God, whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. But for rebels, there is only famine and distress. O God, when you led your people from Egypt, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth trembled and the heavens poured rain. Before you, the God of Sinai, before God, the God of Israel, you sent abundant rain, O God, to refresh the weary promised land. There your people finally settled, and with a bountiful harvest, O God, you provided for your needy people. The Lord announces victory, and throngs of women shout the happy news. Enemy kings and their armies flee, while the women of Israel divide the plunder. Though they lived among the sheepfolds, now they are covered with silver and gold, as a dove is covered by its wings. The Almighty scattered the enemy kings, like a blowing snowstorm on Mount Zalmon. The majestic mountains of Bashan stretch high into the sky. Why do you look with envy, O rugged mountains, at Mount Zion, where God has chosen to live, where the Lord Himself will live forever? Surrounded by unnumbered thousands of chariots, the Lord came from Mount Sinai into His sanctuary. When you ascended to the heights, you led a crowd of captives. You received gifts from the people, even from those who rebelled against you. Now the Lord God will live among us here. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 28 Trust in your money, and down you go. But the godly flourish like leaves in spring.